Welcome to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of an actor's movies Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank Jamie, dear listeners, I think we all need to talk about the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We're an Anne Hathaway podcast. What's the biggest Anne Hathaway news of the moment, Jamie? I think you know what I'm talking about. I know I know you have the Anne Hathaway Google alert, which keeps you abreast of all big Anne Hathaway updates. I I I I I believe this week, I don't know whether this is what you are referencing, but I believe this week she decided to dress up uh, how she would have dressed up if she was going to award <laughs> ceremonies and take a bunch of photos in uh, her garden by her swimming pool. Um, I, do, I don't know if that's what you were talking about, but that's the only Anne Hathaway news I've got this week. That, that's, what, uh, as what, it turns what, out, that, uh, that wasn't necessarily what I was talking about, although okay. I guess I'll get you to, uh, to to rank all three photos, one, two, so obviously three <laughs> photos, one, three. Just yes, that, in that, order, that one, sounds two, like three. a wise thing to do on this podcast yes, between yes. two white men. <laughs> <laughs> Let us rank this woman's Instagram. It can never go wrong. Uh, no, Jamie, I'm actually talking about, uh, from obviously the same um, the same kind of press junkets, for uh, her new movie, which I think is Locked Down, uh, which looks really good. She and Shu Talegia Fourth, uh, I think, do a heist in pandemic London, which sounds yep. kind of fun. All right. They steal it, from Harrods, Jamie. Yep, We've all wanted I mean, to steal we, from we can, we can discuss this when we inevitably review that film in two years' time. Sure, <laughs> Rather I'm than reviewing saying, it when I'm it comes saying. out, like smart people. Um, two thumbs but, uh, up for me. I don't but, know uh, if I want a pandemic film. Anyway, get to your point. <laughs> I, I want people to steal from the rich in London, Jamie. That's what I want. Um, <laughs> that's not true. They'd steal from me. Right. Uh, not that I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, think he, I don't think you quite meant that. Anyway. I, I think I'm aspirationally rich. Uh, that, that's where you believe you have money, even though you eat pot noodle uh, regularly. I don't even live in London anymore. Anyway. Um, no, no. So from the same press junket, of course, uh, while on Stephen Colbert this week, uh, not Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Fallon even, uh, Anne Hathaway talked about how she didn't really like being called Anne Hathaway and prefers to be called Annie Hathaway. Yes, no, I did know this. I knew this from a podcast that I listened to her. I, you know, I I did a lot of extensive research uh, for this uh, podcast before we started this season, uh, which was listen to one interview uh, from one podcast in which she was uh, only half of the episode. So it was about 15 minutes. And yes, she is. She is. She is Annie Hathaway. She, she's always gone by Annie, but her professional name is Anne. Now, do you think, in deference to uh, our our Lord and Savior Annie, uh, we should exclusively refer to her as Annie Hathaway for the rest of the podcast? Despite the fact anyone who hasn't listened to this episode, and let's be honest, given this isn't a particularly well-known film, that will be most of the audience. <laughs> they will have no clue why we're doing it for the rest of time. But Jamie, if people didn't listen to the episodes where uh, no one had ever seen the film, then how would they get any of our overarching plot? Because that's where we <laughs> develop most of the plot. I know, the I know. It's almost as if we don't like thing. to talk about those movies. So we spend as much time as possible doing anything else. Yeah. Oh, that's not relevant at all. Hello and welcome to Blank Spank. Season 2, The Hathaway Stashaway. The show where we're chronologically reviewing Anne Hathaway's entire IMDb. Uh, I'm Jamie Loxon and with me as always, is my co-host Al Gillespie. Say hello, Al. 
I actually like to be called Ali, but but people don't <laughs> call me that. And it's kind of sad, you know? Um, I mean, it's not relevant at all, but have you ever noticed that I exclusively call you Alexander on this show, despite the fact I never call you Alexander outside of the context of this show? I feel like it's my, like... In intuitive way of separating podcast you from real you, on the show you are Alexander, but in real life you are Al. So I I think I assume you and as a man who uh, obviously with a with a kind of uh, shortened or a different form of your uh, you know legal name who yes. uses a name you, you share this kind of thing you obviously you have a uh, are you still going by Jamie Loxton on the show I, uh, I I'm, I'm, apparently I am still going by Jamie Loxton on the show I'm I just like I'm stuck with it I don't know why <laughs> it's your it's your professional name right we'll take you, know, it, we'll you know what no no I'm no. I, I'm <laughs> in yet another change that half the audience will not hear. In if if the show can change its name, I can change <laughs> my name. <laughs> and while the in season one, uh, we were Hanks Bank, and in season two we are Blanks Bank. In season one, I was Jamie Loxton, and I guess from about episode seven of season two, I am gonna be Jamie Jones. I don't know why it stuck so ardently to that for so long. <laughs> I love that. Um, but yeah, 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 so like growing up, uh, at home I was Alexander. Yeah. Um, uh, and at school I got a lot of Alex's, but I hated Alex. Like I, Alex is not my name. I think if you looked at me, you'd say he's not an Alex, sure. Al, yeah, I'll tell you that. Big Al, not a problem at all. Ali, like, which is something my parents call me, uh, and so my family call me Ali, unless it calls me Ali. Uh, I like uh, overly familiar. If you were to call me Ali, I'd be well. I'd be okay if you were to call me Ali. But if, <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, was going to say, I feel like you know, I, I get that it's family and Alyssa, but I feel like outside of that context, I'm probably one of the next couple in no, line. No, I, no, it, it's it's not that you aren't in pole position. It's just that it's quite intimate. So if you were to call me like Ali, I'd be like, oh, Jamie's trying to like snuggle up to me. Hey, you know, Jamie wants Ali, a hug, and there's not. If you, you want to hug, ask for a hug. All right, there's no problem with me giving you a hug other than i'm not on your continent and it's covid <laughs> so technically i couldn't hug you anyway but uh you know it's, it's, it's intimate you can call me ali if you want there's no problem there if ellen were to call me ali i'd be like mm, that's a bit forward ellen um, <laughs> really uh, if, if ellen were to call you Simpsons. ali i think i would have more problems than you would <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, i think i might tell the story on the podcast before uh I, I remember when i was like 13 i met someone called uh alistair uh, with a D, because of course he's Scottish, um, who called himself Ali, and I thought, damn, that's a cool name. I want people to call me Ali. And so whenever I went to like successive schools, eventually university, I'd try and get it to work, and uh, it didn't work for me in my, my last secondary school. And when I went to university, I, I, I tried to rebrand myself as Ali, and you could tell who met me that first week because they would call me Ali, and they were all American, so it'd be like, how are you doing, Ali? And I was like, ooh... I, I, that's too familiar. I don't like that. Uh, but Al stuck, right? And I was, I was I was happy with that. But I still Alexander. Like I'm still one hundred percent. I have no like I will. I is my name. Like that's what I think of myself see, as. See, I but I don't even think I am sincerely calling you Alexander. I think it. I almost think it's performative <laughs> every single time. I like. I see it as like a weird formal way of your name. So I've put. I like. I don't know if anyone knows. I consider that a joke. That's like that's that's my <laughs> level of humor. I find it funny to call you Alexander on the show because I think it's overly formal, and I have you know, stuck with that joke throughout. 
you know sometimes when you complain uh, that you tell jokes and I just smile and nod? And apparently that's one of those jokes because I have not recognized that for the whole of this podcast. We're coming up to episode 100 and we need to do something special for episode 100, oh, all right? Do we, do, we know, do we know which episode 100 is going to be? Do we know which episode this is? I hope it's a good film. And it, it might be. This is, I think this, this one is going to, the one we're currently doing, I think it's going to be 95. 95 so that I means think. uh next week will be 96 so uh one second i'm looking at the the imdb so we have 96 97 98 99 <laughs> <coughs> what episode 100 uh if our maths is correct uh will be the smash hit action adventure comedy starring steve Carell and anne hathaway get smart oh and man. and and what what I'm better keen. way we could have to celebrate our 100 episodes it is possible if we've got our maths wrong, uh, that it could be Becoming Jane, which is the one before, which is her playing Jane Austen, which I'm sure I personally will adore right up my street. Uh, or it could be Rachel Getting Married, uh, which is also known as uh, the one with the worst poster. I don't know if you've ever seen the poster for Rachel Getting Married, but there's a very bored looking Anne Hathaway, Hathaway. just yes. right, right on the front. And I don't know. I get that she's trying to get in, like it's the emotion of the film, I assume. But, you know. I don't it's want you looking or, bored on your own Jamie, poster. Jamie, you're on your you're own say, poster. You want me to enjoy your film? Don't look bored. You're, you're in the this film. You're saying this as though Anne Hathaway ran the marketing for that movie, which I love. <laughs> that, like, not only does she have to, like, lead the movie, not only does she have to go out and do the press junket, she also has to personally, like, go on Photoshop and then go, like, right, enlarge my face. Well, yes, so okay. she was still quite early in her career, obviously, and she was it was like she was in a grad scheme where they move you around different parts of the company <laughs> and you just try a different job out each week to see which one sticks. Jeez. It's, um... Oh, God, I love a little bit of unhappy. I think Getsmart will be fun. Maybe we could do, like, a special thing where we finally review News of the World. Um, like, the same, <laughs> the same week. We just do a double bill. Um, we'll we'll um, figure something out. I'm sure yeah, we'll... I, 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 I like that we are just workshopping. Uh, yeah, this is yeah, how yeah. much we don't want to talk about this film. We are workshopping ideas for other episodes. It's... Uh, I, I, I think we should... Uh, well, for me, get really early morning drunk. Like, like just do bottomless uh, mimosas. All right? I, that's my <laughs> for, commitment for, for, for episode for 100. Context, is... For context, for our dear listeners, Alexander does normally record these at 8.30 in the morning. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll figure but hey, out. But hey, you look me in the eyes and tell me that shading bombless mimosas won't be a great way to start. <laughs> well, Alexander, it's, it's very appropriate that you said look me in the eyes uh, because I had some uh, mind-blowing news this week, uh, which you are aware of, but I, I, I desire to talk about on the podcast anyway, um, which is that this week, uh, while in the middle of watching uh, another film, uh, David Copperfield, which I was particularly enjoying, uh, but unfortunately was not able to enjoy the last 30 minutes of, uh, because I discovered, mi- discovered midway through uh, that I have a condition called aphantasia. Now, for anyone who doesn't know what aphantasia means, uh, it is functionally the lack of a mind's eye. Uh, that means when I, I cannot picture things when I close my eyes. And and that might sound weird to you guys. Like, oh, that's a little weird. Do you know how fucking mind-blowing it is to fu- just be 27 years into life and realize that things like picture this is not a metaphorical phrase or like 
oh, imagine sheep jumping over a fence and counting sheep. That that people can actually see the fucking sheep. And it's not just the idea of counting to a hundred in your head while you're going to sleep and you get so fucking bored that you fall asleep anyway. Al, my my whole world was rocked this week. What, what I love is that clearly you have this idea in your head that people like close their eyes and it's like fucking VR. <laughs> it's like they literally, they're in a well, field. As far as they I can, can tell. feel the blades. Everyone, everyone's saying they can fucking see shit. I'm like, what? This guy, and you know what? It starts to make so much sense. Like, I went to drama school. I mean, I have people from from drama school who I know listen to this podcast. You know all of those meditation exercises we did where people like close their eyes and picture a beach? I'm going to fucking see shit. I'm like, wow, these people really know what their beaches look like. <laughs> uh, so, what, yeah. What, what I... I, I appreciate that apparently everyone else's brains are operating in 4K and your brain is a CRT TV, um, which I love. <laughs> a, a CRT TV that has stopped broadcasting is just fucking static. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that that was my jet. And, and you know, I'm going to do the plugs early. Reach out to me on Twitter at Jamie P. Loxton if you would like to ask more questions about Aphantasia because uh, I, I too am wildly fascinated by... Uh, it is a concept but you know i mean i i just consider myself uh better than all of you now that i don't need those those pesky visuals to remember things now coincidentally do i have a very poor memory of most of my life before the age of like 16 yes are these two things connected oh let's ask my psychologist who knows jamie Um, that's just because you smoked so much weed from the ages of 8 to 16 okay just just embroiled uh in in the local drug culture of london uh, as i was uh, it is a hazy mess and growing up in the mean uh, streets w- of dulwich yeah i was go- i was gonna say that that's a good segue into this film but you know what i genuinely still don't want to talk about it yet so uh let's talk about the whole concept of this podcast of course everyone who listened to season one of this podcast uh hanks bank knows that the aliens invaded and they wanted us to prove our worth to join the united states of space and we were doing that by showing them the works of what we consider to be our greatest human tom hanks uh, there was a whole load of other stuff, you know, uh, about, you know, me, uh, Alexander murdering a whole bunch of baby Yodas and me bringing them back to life. Um, and uh, there being a, a council that votes for things by saying bounce and bing. And, uh, you know, the small boy, bitch boy leader of Flomatron 8, uh, Trevor Tramman. There's all sorts of um, uh, deep history there. But none of it really matters anymore because, of course, Alexander, we failed. Did we not? We were unable to save humanity and join the United States of space. We were deemed unworthy. And so the, I mean, I don't know why I say this every week because everyone knows the apocalypse happened. We are now living in the post-apocalypse, uh, the, the wasteland that is. Uh, and, and thus, the only people alive are those who are currently listening to this podcast. Uh, and and Alexander, of course, you'll have to uh, catch me up uh, because I did die for uh, the month between season one and season two. So you will have to detail for me a little bit more about, about exactly what's going on. Well, look, it was a very sad time. Um, most of humanity had died. Uh, I hadn't died. They killed Jamie as punishment for me, of course. Jamie wasn't killed as part of the uh, the, the de uh, the re- Oh, I re- didn't know that. Was I killed separately? <laughs> 
Yes. Was I, was uh, I appointed well, no, they killed, attack? They, I think I mentioned this last week. They killed you in revenge to me. All right. They yes. were like, look, Al, you killed all our baby Yodas. They now follow you blindly. I have a little mini army of baby Yodas that think I'm their god, despite the fact that I murdered them. It was a weird time. Uh, and they said, look, we need to kill the thing uh, you love the most. And I said, please don't kill Alyssa. And they were like, oh, we were going to say Jamie that's really awkward and I was like oh you're just gonna kill Jamie and Alyssa ooh Sophie's choice but okay um so they they unfortunately killed you I felt very guilty that I uh picked Alyssa over you I apologize it's I fine back we know that UK. we're going to uh all all of my pain will be alleviated by the financial gains we will make when we make the adaptation of Ali's choice Yes, um, it's gonna. Oh man, we get Spielberg back on this show. Spielberg uh, it's not alive, obviously, because he listens to the podcast. Yes, yes. Um, Anyone who listens to the podcast is alive. And in fact, if you make, I, I don't think we've gone over this. The podcast does have reviving powers. If someone was about uh, was raptured, no, no, yes. no, no. But how? So if someone's raptured, you can get yes. them to listen to the podcast and they'll come back to life. How do you get them to listen to the podcast if they have been raptured? Oh, you put the you get your AirPods and you put them in their ears. They're not okay. They're just dead, right, <laughs> Jamie? They're not. They're not ascended anywhere. It's not like we're not a Marvel here, where just everyone's body disappears and comes back three years later. Spoilers for the biggest film of all time. Apologies, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, you kind of just put your AirPods in their <laughs> their ears and they come back to life. It's great. People also because everyone's dead, no one's. Putting bodies away. This is very dark. <laughs> uh, so on. let's talk Men- about the raccoons. The raccoons. Went, yeah, yeah, so went back to the UK, uh, took Jamie's resurrection scrolls, resurrected Jamie. He came back a little bit more raccoon-like, as happens when you get resurrected from uh, death by aliens. Uh, uh, importantly, though, when you come back from death by aliens, you come back a little bit more raccoon each time. Jamie is now 15% raccoon. Yes. Um, I then put the rest of Jamie's resurrection magic uh, into the uh, podcast. Uh, so that's now all used up except for the podcast. Uh, so you know, again, the podcast can't bring back people who died not via <laughs> because of aliens. this specific event. Yeah, uh, yeah it is. It is. Important. It is some mishandled uh, resurrection magic. You you weren't quite as powerful as I was in wielding my uh, resurrection powers, and so uh, you have only been able to uh, specifically make it that if they were um, Armageddoned uh, by the aliens. Uh, then they the only way they can be brought back uh, is via... Well, I, I say the only way. We don't know. There might be unknown magics out there. But the only way we know of to bring someone back, specifically from being raptured uh, by the aliens, is by making them listen to the podcast. That's true. Uh, That's true. So, you know, hear more about that at the end. when we get Jamie, to you say we don't know about uh, any other forms of magic that could bring people back. But can I tell you about a little man called Jesus Christ? Uh, you know what honestly on this episode yes yes you can yes Ah, you can ah, take as much time as you wish fun fact uh, season zero of the show was actually Jesus uh, talking about the (laughs) Old Testament oh I thought you were going to say season zero of the show was us reviewing Jesus (laughs) (laughs) going through Jesus's entire IMDb oh you know the water to wine episode that was uh, you know that that was our first episode that was longer than the film itself (laughs) It was the, the the first season was uh, uh, blank spank proto uh, Jesus Jesus, uh, <laughs> where we would both review uh, a book of the New Testament and uh, of course uh, an album by Kanye. Um, <laughs> at the same time, we pair them together. All right, you know, you, you, unless a little bit of flavour. 
Um, and yeah, you know, that was that. Jamie, I think we need to start talking about I this think film. We do. We, I think the we point do, where we get on to talking about Jesus is maybe a sign. So, of um, I mean, we'll get into why, uh, why, 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 why Jamie been, sighs. Uh, yes, why I sigh, uh, in a bit, but we're gonna do, oh shit, isn't this normally when I do the 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 top of the bops this is the top of the bops section and i and i haven't done top of the bops yet. oh i know what I'm it so, is you know what it is i know oh, it thank is. god i'll sing you a little song it goes okay. like time goes by oh so slowly oh that's dope i mean i I'm, i might edit it in at some point here but if not uh, you know that'll do that saves my editing You've ba- you, yeah, you've basically done. You basically, yeah. You, I don't need to edit in the song. Everyone knows that. Uh, that is, of course, Kylie. It's called. It's called. It's not called Hang On it, uh, or Hanger On. I got it down here. It's by Madonna. Madonna, uh, not Kylie. I I don't know why. Um, I always confuse Kylie and uh, Kylie and Madonna. I don't know well, why. I know it's. Just... I know specifically why. It's because at the time Kylie had a song, a uh, song which was lyrically very similar, um, which was like. Oh bloody hell! It's like Kylie countdown song. I will look it up. Okay, um, but so yes, that was the that was also our do, top of the do, bops section. When are we going to do our six degrees of Tom Hanks? I believe we do that. I, you know what? I will fully accept that we did take two weeks off, about four weeks into this for this second season. So the structure is a little bit forgotten. Yeah, I yeah. believe we do top of the bops, then we do film context, and yeah. then we do six degrees of Tom Hanks. Good, good, um, good, cool. So. Um, yeah, I'll give you a little bit of context uh, about this film that we are discussing this week, which is 2005's Havoc. Uh, it is uh, obviously starring Anne Hathaway as well as Bijou Phillips, uh, Sherry Appleby, uh, Freddie Rodriguez, uh, a young Joseph Gordon-Levitt also appearing in this film, uh, alongside a young Channing Tatum. Uh, and also of note is Raymond Cruz, who some people may uh, recognize uh, as Tuco from um breaking bad uh additionally josh peck from drake and josh fame appears in this film in one scene uh which is fun and i don't i mean it's possible that i was not paying attention or looking away from the screen at this point but apparently bob shapiro i.e oj simpson's lawyer appears in this film as himself do you remember when oj simpson's lawyer appears in this film alexander now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought O.J. Simpson's uh, lawyer was Mr. Kardashian. Uh, so, O.J. Simpson, if you have watched uh, American Crime Story, uh, the O.J. Simpson uh, trial, or whatever that season is called, which everyone should, it's a fantastic show, uh, he had three different lawyers. He had, um, the, he had uh, Robert Kardashian, he had Bob Shapiro, and he had other guy who's the main lawyer and i've forgotten his name and it's no. he's played by courtney vance in the in the bloody tv show uh oh what you you fuck uh, <laughs> what was his name all right uh, jamie i i i hate to stop you there. johnny cochran you've watched johnny cochran there you go there, you go. there we go I, I know you've allegedly watched a tv show about it but let me tell you what uh innocent people don't need three lawyers Okay, so I think you're lying, and it's Mr. Kardashian. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but yes, uh, Bob Shapiro apparently appears in this film at some point. Um, uh, it was made on a $9 million budget, uh, and you might be thinking, well, this is pretty deep into um, Anne Hathaway's career. Why have I not heard this uh, film, Havoc, that came out just before Brokeback Mountain? Uh, well, that's because it didn't get a theatrical release in the United States. Uh, it was a straight-to-DVD movie in the United Ooh. States, uh, and overseas achieved a box office of $371,000, which puts it at a... Uh, oh. 
a, give me a second, a, I believe a 3%, around about a 3% sure. uh, uh, I, return rate. I, I think that more, more importantly, that also I think makes us the lowest. Oh, it's, it's, uh, I, I, it has to be the lowest, so uh, the lowest uh, grossing. It, it literally did not get a, a theatrical release. What, it might... what I find interesting about it, and I, I'd like to talk about it here, is clearly we are entering the stage where Anne Hathaway wants to separate from her 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 image. Her image right yes. now. So we, if we're talking, which we will talk on Nature's Honor, which is the uh, Anne Hathaway, America, the America's Sweetheart meter. Yes. She, she was getting too close to America's Sweetheart. She, she had this image. It was her being princesses. Um, and she and clearly so she, wanted she to aggressively that. pulls away and um, work. And to be fair to, to her credit, she wants to work with Oscar winners. The director of this uh, had one for best documentary, right? Yes, uh, and also the writer uh, Steve. Well, it was originally this writers. is this is what is uh, what is odd about this film. It was originally written uh, by a fourteen-year-old called Jessica Kaplan. She wrote it when she was fourteen about her experience. Well, get, sorry, we should so vaguely give 17. the concept to this film. The concept to this film is that Anne Hathaway and her friends are rich kids in LA who are obsessed with like faux gangster kids. culture. They're rich white kids who are obsessed with faux gangster culture. Uh, and eventually end up fall exploring and falling into real gangster culture. That's that's the concept of this film. Uh, it is written by Jessica Kaplan, uh, who grew up in L.A. and says she uh, wrote it about her uh, affluent friends from West Hollywood. Um, it was then, uh, that was in like 1993, she wrote it as 14. It was then sold when she was 17 for about $150,000. Uh, but then sat on their books for like seven years until it was rewritten by Stephen uh, Gagan, uh, who has been has won the Academy Award, has won uh, the Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay uh, for Steven Soderbergh's film Traffic. So again, there there is there is some good there, some good people working on this film, um, as as can be told by its direct to DVD release. Uh, it didn't work out as well, and uh, you know what. Not, not to say, not not to be mean about children, but personally, I am shocked that a film written by a fourteen-year-old uh, about gang culture in LA, uh, you know, just turned out to not be the most nuanced take on the topic. Um, so yes, there were there was quite a lot of uh, good people behind this film, uh, as you say, Anne Hathaway wanting clearly to move away from her uh, princessy image. In fact, uh, her Princess Diaries co-star Mandy Moore was originally due to uh, play the starring role, uh, but dropped out and Anne Hathaway stepped in. Uh, we, let's do uh, Six Degrees of, <laughs> six degrees of Tom six Hanks. Degrees anything, Tom anything to not talk about this movie. I've got uh, an easy one. I've got a really quick one. Uh, and then I've got a more fun one. Um the the easy one, I assume it's probably something similar to what you've got because the most obvious person to use here is Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, yeah. who stars in Inception with Leonardo DiCaprio, who stars in um, uh, Catch Me If You Can with Tom Hanks. I have a I have a different way. Uh, I will admit I did uh, I I cheated. So you obviously you you win this one, um, but I, I cheated for this. But uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who stars in uh, the who is in so doesn't star in the Trial of the Chicago Seven. Uh, oh, I just alongside Chasha Baron Cohen, uh, who stars in 
Oh, that's a really good one. That's a really good one. Uh, I just watched that film. Anyone, I mean, everyone knows on this podcast knows my uh, love of Aaron Sorkin. Uh, so, of course, I would love that film. Uh, but uh, you should go and watch Chicago 7 and not this film. Um, my more fun one is uh, Raymond Cruz, as I mentioned, uh, is Tuco in Breaking Bad uh, alongside uh, Brian Cranston, who stars in Drive with Ryan Gosling who stars in, and I've forgotten the name of the movie because it wasn't me that came up with this, it was my girlfriend, uh, with Kevin Bacon. What's the film Brian Gosling is in with Kevin Bacon? Footloose? I, uh, well, no. There's a Kevin... Oh, fuck. Oh, God damn it. I'm so sorry to my dear, uh, dear partner, Ellen, who came up with this very good connection because I cannot remember it because it's some fucking rom-com or something uh i'm just googling uh kevin bacon ryan gosling uh and seeing what crazy stupid love um uh kevin bacon and ryan gosling star together in crazy stupid love and then of course kevin bacon is in uh, apollo 13 yeah so that's my more fun one that's there you go there you go so that is our six degrees of tom hanks i i think i think we uh are about to start talking about the film um we're gonna give a wee disclaimer yes beforehand uh, so this film contains depictions of rape, sexual assault, uh, and attempted suicide. Um, uh, it, because of that, we, we don't really want to make fun of any of those things. They aren't funny. Um, there are bits in this which are ridiculous, and we will make jokes with probably separately afterwards, but we're going to give a abbreviated overview. Then, uh, for example, if you come in just having listened to Princess Diaries 2, where I went into obscene detail uh, about the level of this film, about that film, we're not going to do the same here. No, um, no, we will give not. a shortened version and then talk about the film yeah. afterwards. Uh, and and we, we may well not talk about those topics for particularly long, uh and sim and that is not our us like partially because you know who the fuck wants to listen to that but also because this film does not treat them particularly well it's not a well yeah. we, we we do believe that while we are a comedy podcast we are happy to talk about serious topics and themes yeah. if they are handled well in a good movie and this simply isn't so yeah. do not consider our brevity uh, a suggestion that these are not serious topics uh we just do not deem them uh yeah yeah, yeah, I I, I think that's completely understandable. Yeah. Also, if you are like triggered by any of those things, fair enough. Feel free. You've to already turn downloaded. Off the you've already downloaded. Just stop listening. Yeah, just stop listening. You know, <laughs> that's we absolutely fine with us. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, listen to next week. We'll be talking about Brookback Mountain. But for those of you, yeah, who are yeah, that's good. That one. This, yeah, if if you if you if you if you're listening to this podcast and you think, oh, that, this episode doesn't sound like a fun comedy laugh, giggle, giggle, tune in next week for Brookback Mountain, where we will just be laughing all the way through. Oh, <laughs> I haven't seen Brookback Mountain, so I'm very excited. I all um, I, I neither have I, but all I I when I mentioned that we had to yeah. do it, one of our friends just said, "Fucking good luck with that one." Uh, all, so. All all uh, I know is they're just two buds who share a bed together and listen to their own podcast. Okay. That's... <laughs> uh, so let's talk about this movie. As we say, we will go through this plot uh, slightly quicker than we normally would. As I sure. discussed, this film is about uh, rich kids from LA uh, who yeah. are, who all fucking cosplay as, as Cuban, I believe Cuban specifically. Mm. If uh, I'm not no, I wrong. In, in LA, probably not. Uh, Chicano. Oh no, Cuban it... is Miami. I'm sorry. That is my fault. Yes. Um, um, I think yes. they're, they're cosplaying 
I, I, actually, at the beginning of the movie, not to go into too much detail, they literally, the, the kind of conceit to this is there's a guy with a camera who's making a documentary, like a, a yeah. kid with a, who's making a documentary for school about these kind of rich kids who want to be gangsters. And at the beginning of the movie, he, they specifically call out the fact that they're appropriating black culture. And then oh, we yes. have one black actor on screen, I think, in the entire film. Yes, that um, is that is odd. That is a very good there are point. No black, I there are no black characters. Yes, yes. There's one is, black it, cop who gets some lines. I think other than that, there are no black people in this film. Yeah, and they, they you are correct that they specifically say that they are stealing from black culture and that, that and you know, oh, black culture is cool and white people suck and is 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 their thoughts. And uh, Anne Hathaway says the famous line of, uh, you know, we're just bored and we're having fun, and she's grinding on her boyfriend while being filmed doing this. Um, yeah, yeah, it it sucks. Uh, <laughs> all these kids suck. Um, they might be, they, maybe, maybe, maybe these are these. I mean, I'm sure there were people who who were like this, but they all suck. Um, yeah. If you've ever seen um, Booksmart, um, if you remember the kid who's actually quite nice, but the uh, the rich kid who no one likes, the the guy in Booksmart who kind of wears these chains and like has this kind of souped up car, but is a massive nerd. Really, um, it's like a non ironic version of that. Yes. Yeah, that, that that was my my biggest issue with the first like twenty minutes of this film is it was like, it, am I supposed to be laughing because this <laughs> feels like a like it's a comedic premise, yeah. right? Like yeah. a bunch of stuffed up white girls think they are gangsters. That's a comedic premise, they also... and yet it's but there's such obvious comedic beats, but they're not really comedic. It's supposed to be taken seriously. It's so the film weird. also begins with a brawl for no reason. Yes, like, yes, yeah, so, um, just start, like laying into everybody. Yes, um, uh, Anne Hathaway's uh, boyfriend, uh, who is who is the leader of his his faux gangster crew, so uh, just just beats the shit out of uh, some some rival gang. For some reason, this film is immediately like both saying these are obviously like faux gangsters, not real, but then immediately they win the first fight that they're in, and like yeah. they're given some sort of deference in that. Um, no one should watch this film. I will say that up top. But if you do want to throw it on and watch the first five minutes to see very rich, very privileged Joseph Gordon-Levitt doing the <laughs> most fucking like horrible accent you've ever fucking heard, there's the most fun you'll have in this film. Uh, and then you can turn it off uh, and and uh, you won't have to see the rest. Um, but yes, yeah, so they uh, they get in a fight. Uh, and, they go buy some... Uh, Later, later that day or whatever, they go buy some weed. They, go they, they drive weed. to the the dodgy side of LA, not Compton, guys. Very specifically, not Compton. There is no black people in this movie. Yep. They go down to I think they're like um, Muscle Beach kind of thing, or uh, yep. a beach. They to buy some weed or coke. I don't know. Um, yeah. They there is a uh, the our kind of main bad guy of the film, I guess. Um, uh, Hector. Hector, uh, who is kind of. Um, part of the was a street 17th street gang or 16th street gang whatever it is yeah. um selling coke uh the the rich white boyfriend uh pays but doesn't get his change and he's like i'm owed 10 bucks from this drug dealer he goes up to try and like muscle the, his change back from the drug dealer and the drug dealer makes him piss his pants by yes like, he, holding yeah, he point, points the gun at him uh he pisses his pants uh and then that's it uh i think we, and yeah, hathaway we, goes mm, danger yeah oh this was kind of sexy they're at school the next day um and uh he's back bit the the gut folk guys like oh yeah man but yeah we're gonna fuck their mom next time man you know how it is and then Anne hathaway pulls him aside and goes you okay man like you just fucking pissed yourself with a gun pointed at you and it's like you know it was pretty chill shit you know we can fuck them up next time um uh and then uh 
we, that we get a little bit of a backstory with uh, Anne, Anne's Hathaway's parents who are in like a struggling, absent, marriage. loveless marriage. They, they leave like notes for each other on the, on the fridge, one of which says, uh, have sex once a week, continue going to therapy, uh, which, Anne, which, which you know what? I think, I don't know why that's, still, I think that's a perfectly good message. <laughs> that's the best message this film has. Have sex at least once a week and go to therapy. There yeah, that's, that's healthy. Um, um, uh, so, uh, yeah, also we, specifically, we, uh, Anne's yep. mother um, is now sober. Uh, she did have a drug related issue at some point. Yeah. Um, um, and yeah, so and, we basically learned that she, she like after all this, like fucking faux gangs and bullshit. She is just from the the richest fucking house. This house is so fucking nice. This is the nicest house we've seen in any film we have done so far on the podcast. Yeah. It's and, and we've literally done nice. three movies where someone becomes a princess. Yeah, like, like, wanna... and like it's so it, like I would happily way prefer to live here than Genovia. Yeah, um, you know um, the the notes about <laughs> your parents having sex notwithstanding. Um, so. Uh, at this point, uh, they go score some blow. She pretends to be a prostitute uh, in a fancy hotel. Uh, score some blow for rich guy. Um, they're then like, she and her, her, yeah, her girlfriend and her who are there with her are like, like, "Hey, let's go back go... down to East LA. Like that Must was super fun. fun last time, right? The gun that was exciting. And Danger. We're, we're young and dumb and bored. Well, let's go find so... this crack dealer. Literally a crack. Like Hector is literally a crack dealer. Yep. And they're like, let's do it. They go back down to East LA. Hector's like, what the fuck are you doing here? She's like, I like danger. Um, slash, I like you, but also my friends are, hate being here. And he's like, cool, let's go to a party. They go to a party. Um, and like she and Hector kind of, you know, sort of hitting it off. Um, uh, and yeah, no, the other girls are like having fun. They're like dancing. We're like, oh, isn't this like, yeah. oh my God, we're like real gangsters now. Isn't that exciting? Can, we can sort of skip over a lot of the next section of the film. It's basically just she and Hector hang out more. Hector gives her crack at one point. Um, yep. She and her friend, who I think is who I think is in love with her. She yes, has a female friend. Yes, there's, there's, it's really, that's, there's this whole like subplot about them constantly talking about how like oh what if what if like we that's like her friend specifically says at one point like what if we're on our deathbeds and we look back at all the men we we love and we just you know we realize actually you know we were supposed to be together and then and then it's never discussed it's just like for like three three different scenes at the beginning they like toy yeah. with the idea that actually these two are into each other yeah. but whatever um oh she yeah, ends there's... up in jail she ends up very briefly she gets oh yes the, the, uh, so while police... she's hanging out with hector the police turn up uh and she gets uh arrested uh and her parents are like what the fuck were you doing and she's like oh i don't know maybe i was acting out because you guys are never there uh and guys crack's it. cool okay yeah and like what, her... i'm hanging with the crack dealer crack should be legal yeah I'm yeah not... and like her parents don't take you know i find they're absent parents they're busy they're working whatever her parents don't take this opportunity to maybe mm. be like ha, maybe this is the time we do need to intervene mm. because our daughter literally just got arrested with a crack dealer potentially this is the time that we need to interact a little bit we, more we also... Uh, I do want to mention this, the scene where she and her friend try to smoke crack. So this is after the, her friend's yes. like, hey, so are again, we in love with each other? And she's like, no. Yeah. They again, then try to smoke like, crack. Yeah, it's like a comedic scene, but I can't tell whether I'm supposed to laugh at it. They just put the yeah. crack on some Tim. She said like, oh yeah, I Google. I Googled- no, I phoned, it, I phoned it a drug helpline yes. to say, what should I do if I think my mom's doing crack? Like, how? what are some signs of my mom's doing crack? And the helpline said, there'll be pieces of aluminium everywhere. So she gets a, 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 like a, tin, a piece of tinfoil, puts yeah. crack on it, gets like the most blowtorch lighter ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's underneath just super heat this shit. It's not smoking. They're like, 
like, get in the vapors, get, get, get in the vapors, and then they drop it, and then it's done. And I'm like, is this a comedy scene or not? And also, like, I mean, I... I mean, I don't know. I've never hung out with people who smoke crack. Perhaps they are particularly forgetful. But I don't think the idea if you smoke crack and you're like, you're a working mum, you would just leave the tinfoil fucking everywhere. And the, the, the people on the phone like are like, this is the way we're going to catch them out. They're going to forget to put away their crack foil. Um, um, I, anyway. Jamie, I do want to throw out, notoriously, if you're doing crack, I don't think you particularly care about hiding your crack foil. <laughs> um, Fair like, enough. But but uh, again, again the, <laughs> like oh, this movie, this movie, man, yes. is, is it's um, hard to do on a podcast that is ostensibly a comedy podcast. Yes, um, uh, at this so point that, we can that's skip all the ahead. Fun stuff. Uh, yeah. Should we just sort of really quickly go through the last sure. twenty? They want to join the gang. Point. To do so, they're told yep. they have to have sex with uh, people. They're going to play a stupid dice game. They roll the dice. Whatever number comes up is the number of people they have to have sex with in the gang. And Hathaway rolls run one. The friend rolls three. Um, and Hathaway starts having sex with Hector. She, she picks Hector to have sex with. She starts having sex. Her friend is having sex with one of the other gang members in the same room. It's gross. Um, and Hathaway decides that she doesn't want to do this. Her friend, however, says, oh, I'm going to still have sex with this this guy. In fact, I'm going to fuck your boyfriend. I'm going to fuck Hector first. And Hathaway is like, this is weird, but I'm going to wait outside. She waits outside. At this point, other like two other guys come in, one of whom like anally rapes um, the, uh, the friend. The friend's like, please stop. Jesus Christ, I'm being raped. And Hathaway runs in. Um, to stop the sexual assault. Uh, she then gets the guys off. The, the guys are like, oh, what is this? Oh, you guys said you wanted to have sex, but you don't want to have sex. She's like, uh, she didn't want to have sex. Fuck off. Um, they then go home. Like, she then takes them home. Um, they're, they're all underage as well. This is gross. I don't know how old they're meant to be in this film, but like... Yeah, it, it, oh, I think the, the film almost, almost actively chooses Does. not to say how old they are. They are still at school. They could be 18. They could be 17. They the could film, be 16. They could be 16. The film does not choose to to say that. State. So, uh, fucking, it's gross. all gross anyway. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. At this point, <sighs> um, oh, it, things kind of spiral and a few different things at a time. Um, the the parents and uh, the best friend uh, try uh, decide and decide uh, to basically press charges against uh, Hector. Hector. Hector gets arrested. They uh, go to Anne Hathaway to say, like, uh, hey, do you want to, like, testify against Hector? And Anne Hathaway takes the baffling position uh, that actually they should not be pressing charges because they they chose to do it. Sure. No, no, no. She starts off by saying, I wasn't even there. Yes, she says that I wasn't. Yes, she originally denies that she was even there. Then later on, the friends come over and say, like, hey, she wasn't, like, the, the friend's parents say, Oh, she wasn't in the room, so they can't test. So she wouldn't be able to testify anyway. Um, and then she's like, "Oh, but she wasn't. She consented to this." Okay, great. We 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 can we will very quickly talk over how that whole point. Yeah, we'll do really that again. Fucking shit. But anyway, so she says that actually she consented, but eventually she. Uh, yeah. She then she... shows up at the girl's house. The parent. They were clearly planning on going to like going away because the, their daughter has had gone through fucking hell um it is important to also the other thing happening this time Anne hathaway's ex-boyfriend joseph gordon Anne hathaway's ex-boyfriend joseph gordon levitt and channing tatum get guns yes they get a load of guns and they're like let's get this kid to film us the kid's like are you sure we want to film this and like yeah we're gonna go kill the guys who took our girlfriends and and you know what i would normally say that uh it's completely unrealistic that people would film themselves committing crimes but you know what given recent events at the capitol you know maybe this that's the most realistic thing that happens 
in this film. Um, sure. But yeah, so they and get again, their guns. Um, and... Charlie Chaplin doesn't even say anything in this no, film. No, that's yeah, the funniest he, thing about it. He has like it. two has lines, no and lines. that's it. Uh, he's yeah. also bald. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, they, Sorry, they Jamie, rock Jamie, up. Can I just say, what film does Channing Tatum have a load of hair in? He's uh, always a skinhead. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> All right, shut up. <laughs> um, uh, so we'll sort of wrap up their plot line. Uh, well, no, because they're the very end. So no, no, we'll, we'll leave them. We'll come. We'll come sure. back to them in a second. Uh, the Anne Hathaway, yeah, turns up after showing up house. and being like, "Your daughter consented to have sex with these guys," which is not true. The daughter then goes upstairs. The best friend goes upstairs to try and kill herself. Yes, um, and so Anne Hathaway the, the best is like, way to "Nothing say you this- do will work." Yeah, like like they flippantly. Anne Hathaway is joking about about the different ways in which uh, her friend could do this. And her friend is on the other side, like actually desperately try, like like putting sleeping pills in her mouth and stuff like that. It's a really weird scene that very flippantly deals with a very serious topic. It's super odd. Um, And, and Anne Hathaway at this point is being, is being depicted as the person who is in the film's eyes in the right. It's really weird. Anyway, we, I will, I will we slightly disagree that. with you when we get to final final thoughts, but but sure. At this point, we cut back. Um, the boyfriend and Shane Tatum and Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh, jump into the house, uh, Hector's house we saw earlier. Um, the but Hector isn't the, there. It's uh, his what, uh, girlfriend partner? or or mother or Whatever. someone. There's someone else there. There's two two women there and a young child. Uh, and and they are speaking in Spanish. And uh, they're like, oh, what's she saying? What's she saying? And this kid's using his fucking eighth grade Spanish to be like. Don't hurt my baby. And at this point, you know, not at the point. I will finish this movie, but this point really annoys me. But anyway, they they like have a change of heart, and then they drive away, and then we get a shot of them driving. At the uh, the two two friends of Hector's have turned up and tried to go into West LA. Uh, not into West LA, into the rich part of LA to get revenge and stop the people uh, who are potentially going to testify against Hector. They get turned around by the police. Uh, so these two people are basically leaving their each person's respective uh, hood, I guess, uh, and and returning to their own homes. And they pass each other on the street, and we get a really slow passing. And it's all it's all symbolic of like them going back to to their real worlds. And then it fades to black, and then there are screeching tires and a shotgun shot, and then the film ends. Uh, so that's that's the film. Uh, before before we start, let's do the 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 just very briefly why the serious topics that this film deals with are horrible and deal with horribly, and the ethics and morals of this film aren't great. We can get through that, and then we can talk about the more things that are mockable about this film. Sure. So you 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 can go ahead. I I I sure. fully believe you to be you, better and nuanced at okay. uh, delivering these sorts of opinions than I am. That's very sweet. You, you mentioned that you think of the film like. Uh, thinks that Anne Hathaway is the like uh, the the morally right character in some parts of it. I would disagree. I think the, this is a weird film which is trying to be like this is what happens to your kids if you don't pay attention to them. And this is you know blah 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 gonna crap whatever. The uh, Chris, there's two main issues here. One is the suicide thing. One is the uh, the depiction of sexual assault and and uh, we'll, t- we'll we'll deal mainly with the depiction of sexual assault. Obviously, if someone consents to have sex, that does not mean they consent to be gang raped. Um, that is, those are two different things. The girl consents to have sex with three partners, one at a time. What happens is that she is then proceeded to, three guys proceed to try and have sex with her at once, which is not what she consented to. They force themselves upon her. Um, she dissents from this. They continue to do it. And it doesn't stop until Anne Hathaway breaks them up. Anne Hathaway in this movie, who's a stupid teenager, claims that, oh, 
that means she wasn't, like, raped. That is obviously not true. And no one in the film points this out. This is no. kind of... No one in the film points this out. In fact, the last the last mention we have on this topic is Anne Hathaway coming in, in theory, revealing this to the friend's parents, and the girl runs off to then go commit suicide. I don't think the film thinks Anne Hathaway is morally right, but at the same t- at the same time, the film does not do a good enough job job of, to point of, out that she is wrong. Yes, it, like that's that's I guess the the biggest issue is how unclear the morals and ethics of what yeah. this film is trying to say, whether that is on that topic or in general the whole yeah. idea, which I think we can talk about in more detail, which I think is just weird. Yeah. But yes, as you say, so, the depiction of this specific topic is is yeah. really poorly handled, and it's not a topic and that you can get away with poorly handling. And it's also like I think it's important to say like it is. It's not like it, it's not a. Sorry, this is not an implied assault. This is a depicted assault on screen. Yes, it, it, it's it is uns- visual and it's it's very uncomfortable it, to watch. And it's upsetting. Like I watched it with Alyssa last night. This gave Alyssa night. Like Alyssa didn't sleep last night because of this. Like it is, and again. That is not to say, and there are many uh, stories about assault which are uh, important. I, I think recently one which which people uh, have talked about quite a lot is uh, I, I made a story, um, the BBC show. Um, mm. It's not that you can't make stories about these things. It is that when you're making stories about these things, it is important to, A, try and tell something true, like emotionally honest and true, and to do so in a way which... Uh, it, it, God, it's, it's not weirdly like, exploitation because that, yeah. that's that's what, unfortunately what this film is is this is an exploitation movie which thinks that it's a serious drama yeah. like the, it, and that's and then because of that it uses a lot of really heavy stuff and deals with them very glibly and says nothing about them and instead puts you through something I don't I don't yeah. think it knows how to deal with no and it, it's so it really doesn't know what it's saying about this specific event because the the most ju- this movie is not particularly interested in actually judging those gang members for the actions they take this movie's main idea is that it wants to say oh they they fell into like it's more yeah. interested in admonishing the young teenagers for yeah. for getting involved with gang culture and gang culture isn't or, fun and you shouldn't you shouldn't cosplay in in gang yeah. culture or whatever it's more interested in saying that and not just saying oh also it's just like oh well what what did you expect like gangs yeah. are bad of course they're bad like and, it, it yeah it's it's and uh, and this plays into which i think is the second really big problem with this and that's because no non-white characters have any of our characters. Hector no. is not a character. Hector, all the way through the film, is evil. Like, yeah. you, you, the viewer, know Hector is evil from the beginning when he points a gun at a kid and makes him piss his pants and then he leaves. Hector is a crack dealer in LA who is presented as nothing other than a, like, Chicano stereotype. And um, it's awful. Every, every, everyone, other than screaming women who, if you don't speak Spanish, you have no idea what they are saying um, in, in a largely English-speaking movie, like, no character who isn't hispanic latin latinx or, or chicano whatever you want to say like is presented in a human way no not even they don't all. so so you're right the film doesn't want to judge them because at the beginning it says these people are clearly evil and then just just there's no it's it's not like they are explored at all they are a tool for white people to be compared against or to do things to, to create move plot against white characters um, and also importantly, like, again, just want to reiterate, in this movie, about white kids, like, appropriating from that culture, there are no black characters to, like, yeah. even be in the film to make a point about that. Like, it's a it's a bunch of, like, 
early 2000s like commentary on crime and cap- there's a weird scene where a teacher talks about capitalism and ethics yes, um, and, that's and a race, very but does scene. it but does it in a very poor way yeah. And and look, if, if this if this script came to me by a fourteen year old, I'd be like, Wow, you wrote a script and hey, there are things in here cool. What I what I think is crap is that this script was worked on by like an Oscar winning scriptwriter yeah. and this is what they came out with. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just so un and like what like you say, you it this is what what is the message of this film? I think the closest as you can say is it it's a cautionary tale of of you know very specifically to rich white kids in LA in the early yeah. 2000s don't do the things that this movie or, depicts and it's like okay i i think it's even less about to the kids and it's more of a scare your parents kind of thing yeah. i think it's more like hey parents if you don't pay attention to you cuz literally all the way through they're like we're bored and no one pays attention to us my parents are literally never here so i'm a latchkey kid and like all this stuff kind of goes away through and then all this stuff happens and it's just like the story. Like, I, let, let, let's go. With, I think into let, yes. let's talk about the rest of the, the fun. Yeah, stuff, the rest like, of the film. That like, let's let's focus on the boyfriend and his pals. They're easy and fun to, oh, man. to talk about. So <laughs> the, the only trinity of this the, film, the boyfriend, the most, Joseph Gordon yeah, Levitt, and Chinese. The <laughs> they're just they like. If there is anything that is worth watching in the so bad yeah. it's good, it's these three, like, just hilarious, horrible fucking white kid playing awful stereotypes, and it's just so over-the-top and ridiculous. But the most unrealistic thing that happens in this entire movie is them getting the guns. Like, this movie doesn't know whether to say these people are, like, faux gangsters who are absolutely shit-scared and have no idea what they're doing, I'm sorry, if they are that, if they are the kids who, like, are they, they think they're hard, and then when they're presented with top, like, presented with actual shit, they'd be, they'd, they'd step away and they're too scared. Like, when he has the gun pointed at him and he pisses his pants. I'm sorry, that kid does not go and buy a bunch of fucking guns. That, that's so unrealistic. That kid who's a faux gangster and loves, like, fucking cosplaying in this culture is not actually going to go and buy guns and not actually going to rock up to someone's fucking house with the intent of killing someone and is not then going to have their come to Jesus moment yeah. where just because they're staring down the wrong fucking people. It makes no fucking sense. They have no clue what they're doing with these characters. Oh. Having said that, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is fucking hilarious in this movie. Oh god, he's so funny. He's smoking <laughs> weed all the way through. They're all like, I guess, clove cigarettes, but like whatever. He's smoking weed. And he's just like talking shit. He's like, I'm pretty sure he drops the N word several times. Oh yeah, if you want to watch this movie and also see Anne Hathaway say the N word, uh, that's another thing that oh. this film, this film is is has a lovely legacy for. Also, and I'm not making a joke about this, but if uh, apparently the most uncomfortable an Anne Hathaway film will ever make me is showing me Anne Hathaway's boobs when I don't know how old her character is meant to be. Yeah, I, I did not like it. I did not like it. I did not like it. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, also, I don't know what, like, at this point, she's like, what, 24? Like, surely yeah, so she not... should not be paying teenagers at this point. Like, well, ooh, you say that, dude, but... I mean, I guess, it's, I guess it's Everyone very Hollywood. Everyone in Glee was 30. Like, yeah, that's I guess funny. it's very Hollywood. Uh, yeah. But yeah, 
Yeah, that that whole scene. I mean, I'd say that whole scene. So, uh, it happens multiple times, but specifically the scene where she is uh, the kid. The documentary kid is filming her, and she's like, "I'm an actor. I can do anything. I'm just having fun. Look, uh, I'm flirting with you. Look, here are my fucking nipples. Do you like my nipples?" Yeah, uh, it's so and weird. Uh, yeah, it's a really fucking weird scene. I don't know what they're trying to say about Anne Hathaway's character. They try well, to just be like, "She's, she's, oh, she's." She's just a, a kid who's acting out, but yeah, also I, I think they're trying to be like she, because because the, the clearly the, the the one moral character in this entire movie is uh, the you know, moral is in like he's he's the pure one all the way through is the documentary kid, yeah, and um the documentary kid's being like so you you seem really lonely like blah blah blah, blah. yeah and he no responds, I think he's, he specifically says you are the loneliest person I have ever met yeah. which is a fantastic line. Um, and in response, uh, Anne Hathaway's like, "Let me like, let me, let me be fake that she doesn't she doesn't actually know how to be real with anyone, and so she performs everything." Um, God, this movie is like like even just even just there are these bits where they talk about um, like rappers who had I, I don't know if it's specific if it's specifically Jay Z they're talking about, but it's like they talk about. Um, like rappers who were drug dealers going on to make a bunch of money talking about the fact that they used to be drug dealers and like how capitalism can never be ethical and that kind of crap and bits of this film feel the same way like the metropolitan police being like we should ban drill music um (laughs) (laughs) which is to say like they seem to be blaming kids falling into crime on culture rather than just suggesting like and it's just it's just dumb it's it's, yeah. it's the same kind of thing yeah, for like and, the and whole like bloody, you say like, kids falling on... into crime and and like but like it's not even willing or wanting to have that actual conversation of like how gang culture is is produced and and why it provides like security for some people from uh, from specific ma- it doesn't want to have that conversation it just no. wants to have the conversation gangs bad and watch out your white your white upper middle your... class kids might join them like yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh, it's just fun. pay attention to your kids or they fall into a crowd like it's because and especially because like i'm trying to think of there are definitely versions of this movie or, or which and i'm trying to think of some good examples i mean El, which Ellen, told El, st- my, my girlfriend said that the the better versions of these sorts of movies are something like like because like something like bling ring or or spring breakers where it yeah spring breakers we, is what the it, one is. like i think i think the what this film almost weirdly does is doesn't show why these kids are wanting to get involved like at least in spring breakers the idea is like it shows the hedonistic side it shows the isn't this all fun and crazy and exciting and then it all devolves yeah this film and and that's the thing right like there's no there's never a moment where it's like the and we'll, we'll i guess i might just talk slightly about the direction but like this is this is done by a documentary filmmaker, right? Like she she has a background in documentary film, and I think because of that, there are lots of there are some bits there are bits of it which feel weirdly just like shot like a normal team movie, which I don't like, and then the bits of it which are shot like a Soderbergh kind of um one of the movies he shoots on like an iPhone kind of thing, like it feels like very documentary, yeah, and, and, and like like yeah, because it's like really dark and like poorly lit and like like sure. you are like you are there, yeah, and I, I much prefer those bits to the weird team movie like shots. But but all of this is to say, like, I think what the the director doesn't ever get into well enough, or the writers get into, is that these kids is this kind of the layers of weird unreality where at the beginning these kids are performing this thing, 
and but they think they're really hard and then like there is no moment when they realize oh shit i was performing this thing but these people are the real deal instead all the way through they're they're always performing the moments where they are like real i i guess comes after the assault but even then that's still like it still all feels performed and like, and like because Anne Hathaway doesn't take that moment as as like the big fucking horrific event that it is that doesn't seem like how her you know sobering realization moment the the only moment i guess that the film is trying to depict as the sobering realization that they're in too deep moment is literally the very end where a dude gets shot but we don't even fucking see that like yeah. it, it just happens know, but, with the but, screen oh, black. But, so you've said this uh, twice. I actually meant to uh, ask you about this. Who do you think gets shot? Uh, I assumed the boyfriend. I'd love. I because because I, I assumed it was the boyfriend shot the other guy. Oh, interesting. Because uh, we hear a little bit of dialogue, which I think is meant to be is definitely the the the, the boyfriend's kids talking. Like like yeah. we have like a t- two two lines. Then there's the sound of the doors opening closing, and then there's shots. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess, I guess if we are to go by a sort of Chekhov's gun sort of theory, yeah. we never actually see the other two guys carrying guns, whereas we do see the boyfriend of yeah. this crew with guns. So maybe it, it is that they shoot the other ones. But then, what the fuck is the message? Like that that they've been driven so far that they would murder someone? I guess. Pay attention, but, to, pay attention like, to your kids. Like it, it's such. Pay a, attention it's just to your a, kids, otherwise they're going to murder people in the middle of the street. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, this, I just... It's so... But, like, it's so unclear. Like, it's so... Like, as much... This, remember, this film is willing to show really horrible, horrible stuff that, that it's really uncomfortable to watch. But then its main event at the very end of the film, it doesn't want to show you. Like, yeah. so well, it's because actively unclear what this film is trying to say. Because I think... And I guess back to the real problem. The film thinks it's a drama. In reality, it's an exploitation movie. It is showing you these things to... to and in reality, it's showing you these things, uh, which causes a, a Pavlovian, like, hey, as it turns out, that, like, I, uh, movie, I, I really dislike movies. Um, I struggle a lot with films which are which are about sexual assault. Like, and, like, I find them deeply uncomfortable for obvious reasons. And, like, it is not, like, I don't think anyone enjoys watching those kind of films. But, like, I, I, I would prefer never to watch those kind of films. Like, yeah, and, 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 and it is a topic that needs to be dealt with with uh, a lot of delicacy yeah. uh, if you are going to depict it on screen sure. and i and don't that, i don't believe no, that this film no. uh, you does appropriately yeah. use that delicacy in, in, instead all it does is exploitation it takes these it takes hey gang culture scary you know all this kind of and it forces you it exploits those things yeah for kind of cheap and hollow reactions and and again uh, you know, as we always say in in films, where blah, 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 you know a lot of people work in this film, blah blah blah. They're all. It's, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's easy to make these things. Blah, blah. I'm just saying, like, clearly the end result of this was misjudged. Yeah. In every in every aspect. Um. You know, so, I I oh, what, actually oh. the thing I was going to compare it to was oh Christ, what was it? It wasn't. Ah, oh, no, I can't. I can't remember. I think it was like posh. It wasn't. It, was it posh? No, I can't remember. But like, it's all so utterly fake. It's fake. Yeah, yeah. It 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 just. I I like yeah. Considering again, so like you say, if if a fourteen year old turned in this script, you'd be like, wow, that's pretty crazy. Like that, you know. But 
perhaps that a 14 year old isn't the best voice to to yeah. deal with these sorts of topics well, and like i said this 14 year old can write this film like yeah, the, 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 these failures of the failures of the studio and the, yeah this the, 14 year old was from their express vision was writing it about their you know rich affluent friends that they were seeing at school so it seems that this is someone who has written something more interested with criticizing these rich affluent white people sure. and not at all seriously exploring the rest of the themes of the sure. film uh so with that let's get on to our numbers oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> so uh, uh obviously we uh, rate these films in four different categories um three no five we have five we have five things we do we have three numeric categories we have a list uh, which is gonna be great fucking fun today uh and we decide whether we're going to stash away this film um sure. we uh first do the film rating out of uh, five we also jimmy we also do, we also do anagrams all right you oh had fuck a good one. An- i, I forgot have... now is the point when we do anagrams so this film is called havoc i've got the anagram oh so for anyone who doesn't know anagrams is the point where we take the film title and we try to yeah. make an anagram out of it that explains the film's fucking uh plot um this is a five letter title called havoc so i've got the word chav that's all i've got <laughs> it does it doesn't i'm not saying that that has anything to do with this movie that is just purely <laughs> linguistically all i could do <laughs> People, people want to be tough men, not tough men, but it's true. Um, I, I have uh, what have OC, all right? Have OC. <laughs> you just, you just removed the H from the front of the fucking film. <laughs> I'm putting a space between O and a period between it. <laughs> o and C, right? Have OC. <laughs> what does that? Please, Alexander, delve deeper. Well, what well, does that mean? As we mean? know, have is like a Cockney way of saying have, or you know, like have at. Uh, and then OC is uh, Orange County is also in California, so in a way it's like or oh, have OC. <laughs> Sounds a bit French when you think about it. Kind of deep that way. Oh Jesus. Okay, so uh, film rating. I'm going to get this out of the way nice and quick. I'm going to give this a zero. Uh, the the lowest I've given so far is zero point three to the other side of heaven, uh, and I think this is comfortably worse. Uh, I I sincerely believe and definitely definitely hope that we will not be watching uh, another film anywhere near as mm. bad as this uh, on the rest of Ooh. Anne Hathaway's IMDb. Here's the thing: I I don't think moral I think morally not because at least and that's my thing comparing it to the other side of heaven the other side of heaven at least it has a lot has a lot of problems but like at least thinks its characters are doing good things. Yeah, and it's it, it's moral failings in in the other side of heaven are like very poor writing for its black characters, you know, and kind of depictions of weird colonial uh, missionary work. Um, whereas this is just imagine if you did the other side of heaven, you know, they're on these Tongan islands and there were just no black people, um, <laughs> and that's kind of this movie, which is uh, sort of about you know appropriation, but decides to ignore the appropriated culture entirely. Or, or to suggest that, like, and when they exp- they're explicitly at the beginning of the film, they explicitly, explicitly say, say they're appropriating black, black culture. culture, and they do not depict any form of black culture. Like, it's, is ridiculous. It's such a weird, such a weird. It's choice. weird. It's like, oh yeah, we're doing this, but instead they're kind of mucking around with whatever M seventeen, whatever the, the M sixteen gangs. Like, sure, like they are also appropriating from that culture, but but they explicitly calling out at the beginning. Um, what did I give the other side of heaven? <laughs> Uh, the other side of heaven, uh, you gave a one. 
Oh, I guess I have to give this a zero. Yeah, I, look, I, I think, I think pretty much everyone involved, like, if forced, I'm sure they could find redeeming things in it, like, um, but I, I just. I think it is unsurprising that Mandy Moore decided to drop out of this film just before it started filming. Yeah, that is all I, or, I will or more, say. Or more realistically, I think it's more. It's unsurprising that this movie never got released in the states theatrically. Yeah, like it's it's it's. Uh, look, I'm sure everyone on it tried. It's a mess, though. Uh, like it's a, like it's messy. Yeah. I think it has. I think it, it has moral. It's morally misjudged. It, it yeah. misjudges a lot of the things in it to the extent um, that, like, I cannot recommend. Because the no. episode of Heaven is is borderline so good it's bad. Yes. So bad it's good. Sorry. Yeah. This like, is not that, even that. It's, no. No. I would. I would. I would. The the only thing that I think is worth watching in this film is Joseph, Joseph Gordon Levitt. I think that's a that's a particularly funny thing to watch. It happens in the first five minutes. Other than that, I do not yeah. believe it's worth. Whoa, watching. whoa, whoa! Also, also, it's in the trailer though. Um, the scene where the uh, rich white kids uh, get all the guns and like we're gonna go kill this gang. Yes, also, that is a ridiculous scene. But that happens way too deep in the film to me to yeah, recommend. Yeah, yeah. Just, um, just rent it and then skip. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Anne Hathaway's performance—it's a tough one. I, I think most of my issues with this performance are likely to be due to writing and direction more than yeah. Anne Hathaway's talent. But having said that, I, I think it's a bit of a a mess of a performance. No, mess is mess is harsh. Mess is harsh. It's a it's a non consistent an inconsistent performance yeah. in characterization. It's, it's the yeah. Poorly directed. It's, it's really poorly directed. It's, it's poorly directed at, at, at the end of the day, and so I don't want to too harshly uh, penalise Anna Hathaway for that. But it's it's not great, so I'm going to give it a two point one. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I I think we talked about this a lot with Tom Hanks, right? That like, in the same way that I don't mind saying a film's bad, but like, to you know, as with any form of criticism, you know whatever people worked hard on it like i'm not judging your effort i am judging the if we are judging we are judging the product and like for me i obviously we talked about the film separately same with this like i'm not judging Anne's effort i clearly she wants to bridge out but you know to some extent you are the projects you choose to do and that plays into your acting to some extent right like and i understand i understand conceptually on paper you know this this actually weirdly lines up quite well with um with uh Brokeback Mountain in the sense of they're both directed by Oscar winning people who've won Oscars or people whose films have won Oscars they're um you know they are smaller budget films they are which are dealing with edgier subjects like ed- like Brokeback Mountain's dealing with edgy with quotation marks but you know what I mean like they more are serious topics than more uh, serious than topics, topics you're trying to, and, and it's a change your image kind of thing so I understand why this was picked I just think actually this project isn't good um and I, I, I ultimately think that plays into it. I think, like, the issue is... And actually, you mentioned this earlier on, that, like, Anne Hathaway seems too old to be playing teen characters. And it is, to some extent, that, like, the way they the way they have Anne Hathaway look in this film is not like she's 16, 17, 18. No. They, they, they for all intents and purposes... She looks like 24-year-old Anna Hathaway. So, you know, the difference between, and we talked about this last week, right? The way in which, like, Princess Diaries 1, Anna Hathaway, even in her princess mode, looks 16, 15, 16 yeah. for the most part. And then Princess Diaries 2, she looks like she's an adult. She looks 21, despite the film only being two years apart. Like, she was only, it's the difference between, 
like 18 and 21 really between yeah. the two and in this they make her look like 24 year old Anne Hathaway and the performance is judged is all over the place between performative and overly you know um something and it's it's it is i mean is that the fault of the director i think for not bringing this cohesively to not bringing its central character cohesively together in a film that veers between teen drama and like cinema verite kind of like realism that it never knows where it should be but i'm gonna give it a one like i i i for me i, I just, it's not a it's not a good performance and it's yeah it's just a one like uh so we move on to uh, the america's sweetheartometer how much of america's sweetheart is anne hathaway in this film and i think she desperately herself would want us to give us give a low score for this uh the lowest i've given so far has been a minus one for nicholas nickleby because uh, she was playing an uh i can't remember i had some fun go listen to that episode if you want to hear my funny witty because she's british because she's british i think i think it was just because she was british <laughs> um uh, we say British I, English explicitly, but yes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think I think. Uh, no, no. Don't you remember her broad Scottish accent in that film? Oh hi. Um, <laughs> um, oh come on, Hathaway. I think I have to go lower than Nicholas Nickleby, so I'm going to go for a minus two. She is aggressively it's what she trying wants. It's what not she wants to be. Yeah. Yeah, like it's it's. Here's the, the thing, though. America the you have does given love... is zero for Princess Diaries two. Oh, that's true. I I I'm gonna I'm gonna counteract and say I know she wants to try and break away from that, but I think America secretly loves uh, dramas about how uh, parents, so people in two two household working parents, uh, they're not good enough, uh, and people who don't spend all their time uh, focusing on their kids, they're not good enough, and also uh, you know othering minorities <laughs> even further. And as such, I think this film actually kind of plays into America's narrative on that. So I don't think it's high. I think it's a one though. I think Princess Stories <laughs> Two is less American than this. Uh, good. And so uh, we move on to Anne's Mans, which is where we rate the love interests of Anne Hathaway's films. Um, straight up top, we're of course not, even though Hexa is technically portrayed as a love interest for half of this film, we're not going to put him on his fucking list. Of course we're not. No. Uh, so no. instead, we're going to put the stupid yeah, faux gangster boyfriend. It turns out the disqualifying factor of, uh, of being on Anne's Mans list as being a rapist. So yeah, Yes, you're, unsurprisingly. You're... Uh, so um... the faux gangster... Um, I'm just going to call him the faux gangster. Uh, right now at the bottom of my list is the Baron, uh, which, of course, uh, I do say because uh, he is a cat. Uh, I do not believe Anne Hathaway should be uh, dating a cat or, as you say, a cat statue. Um, now, now it, it really does. Do I believe Anne Hathaway should rather date a cat than potentially a murderer i'm not sure a a a potential murderer or a potentially dead person we're not sure from the end of this film uh and in general just an abhorrent uh kind of twatish individual uh, who also pees his pants you know what i'm gonna keep the cat at the bottom i gotta keep the cat at the bottom i can't i, I can't in good conscience remove move the baron from the cat returns above so i'm putting the gangster the faux gangster uh, from Havoc uh, at my second bottom spot, just above the cat, uh, the Baron from Cat Returns, and just below Nicholas Nickleby from uh, Nicholas Nickleby. Yeah, I, I think for me, I'm looking through this list. Uh, I obviously they're not in the top section. Um, I will refer to them as white. Uh, sorry, as wove, which is white hove. 
Um, <laughs> but, uh, God, this person's fucking terrible. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, the question, they're in the lower half. So, so do I think uh, Anne Hathaway should end up with Prince Party's pranks and paper mache, papier mache? Uh, more? Yes. Uh, do I think, obviously, he's better than Arctic Monkey Boy from Princess Doris. Um, so the question is, do I think he's better or worse list. than Spill Your Seed Mormon from the other side of heaven? And I have to say he's worse than Spill Your Seed Mormon for me. Okay. Um, yeah, at least at least he would treat Anne Hathaway right. This man would not. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's coming in at number 12 on the list uh, of 13, uh, White Hove. Wait, so is, he's just above who? Arctic Monkey Boy from Princess Diaries. It's just above Arctic Monkey. It's still the bottom of your fucking list. He he uh, had a princess on his hands and he let her slip away. Jamie, a character so bad they literally dismiss him out of hand at the beginning of the next film. He's not in there. That's fine. All right. I'm just saying. Like we got we got Chris Pine in the next one and we know who's who in the Princess Diaries universe. Uh, just while we are on Anne's man's, uh, I do have a uh, French thoughts. Uh, which comes from, uh, <laughs> as it most of the time does these days, uh, from my girlfriend, um, who did point out uh, that towards the end of our last episode of Princess Diaries 2, uh, the Duke from Princess Diaries 2, who I have... Have you got his actual name? Prin- uh, uh, he's Duke Andrew, something like Duke that. Andrew. I call him Prince Andrew on here. Yeah. Um, I, for the second half, started calling him Duke Ellington uh, for some reason, and uh, Duke Ellington... Uh, is in fact, I believe, a jazz musician uh, from the early 1900s. Uh, so, you know what? Apparently, uh, on my list, uh, very specifically, uh, Duke Ellington, the jazz musician from uh, the 1920s, uh, is the fourth most eligible bachelor for Anne Hathaway. Um, and so, with that, uh, we of course come to our binary yes or no choice. Are we going to stash away this film? Alexander, please no. give me your obvious answer. No. no. No, of course not. Of course not. Horrible film. I don't film. want to rebuild humanity racistly. Yeah, horrible anyway. film. And you know what made it even worse? I watched it this morning with my mother at 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Uh, So, you know what? I can't recommend anyone watch it, but I can't recommend even harder anyone watch it with their parents. Uh, So, with that, when we don't stash away a film, we, of course, must decide what is going to galvanize humanity this week. We didn't mention that at the beginning. Uh, Now, instead of trying to save humanity from the aliens, we are trying to present things that will galvanize humanity to fight back against the aliens. Uh, Alexander, I will let you go first. Um, The Dishonored series uh, is proof that humanity maybe should have been ended. Um, They were some of the best designed, uh, best gameplayed games uh, of the last two generations. Uh, and none of you bought them, all right? <laughs> none of you bought these games. They're not going to make any more. Ooh, as it turns out, because you all suck, they're not going to continue making the best game series ever. Damn it, these games are so good and so well designed. You say, ooh, I want intelligent things where I learn, uh, learn about the world through the, you know, text and stuff and all that kind of crap, but you don't want to pay for it, you bastards. It's on Xbox Game Pass. If you've got Game Pass, player there. Dishonored 2, it's so good. Uh, it's just the best game series um and you know obviously in the uh post-apocalypse uh we will need assassins to you know enact our justice against the aliens of course 
uh, and uh, also in our post-apocalypse uh, in order to galvanize humanity we will need sustenance to provide us the energy we need to go on our rampage and thus I am presenting Polish apple pancakes they do have uh, a specific <laughs> Polish name but I don't want to embarrass myself by trying to pronounce it so just google Polish apple pancakes I was on Reddit today and uh, came across a, a, a lovely picture of some uh, some lovely looking uh, apple pancakes uh, from the subreddit r slash food porn uh, and I thought hey my girlfriend's having a nap why don't I make her a snack for when she wakes Aww. up so I made Polish apple pancakes and they were fucking great had them 20 minutes before this podcast started mm-hmm. and oh baby they've kept my tummy oh so comfy the whole time so go make Polish apple pancakes ooh <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and so that is us through this delightful delightful film god i was really hoping this was going to be a 45 minute podcast but here we are an hour and 15 minutes in as we i, I, I find it hilarious that any time we're like we're going to keep this description of the plot short it is a short for us is uh 15 to 20 minutes yes which is you know that that's you know that how could how could anyone possibly summarize the plot of a film any quicker than that alexander i don't know how they do it on these wikipedia pages um so of course you can follow us at jamie p loxton i guess that's why i'm still jamie loxton on the show because my fucking twitter's still jamie p loxton um you know i'm too scared to change it because of all the 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 incredible number of followers i get from this podcast (laughs) from the backlog where i constantly say it what would happen all of my followers would be lost um uh you can follow al at al underscore c's underscore stuff you can follow us at at blank spank pod uh and alexander what else can they do in these our post-apocalyptic times um guys you might be locked down but you know what that doesn't stop you that doesn't stop you preaching the word of anne hathaway that's right look she has so many films coming out this year she's young but she will lead us to victory gloriously against the aliens but only and i say this entirely uh, honestly only if you uh get the word out there okay if more people don't listen we might die again against the aliens well, yes, and then we'll go back we'll have to the go only time people alive we'll are to, the people who listen to this boat. podcast maybe we're gonna get a time boat and go back in time and commit some time <laughs> crimes against the aliens Ooh, that could work for season three what's a time related I don't, who cares anyway go make your friends listen to this podcast um they'll like it uh, a good one to recommend with uh i honestly think the uh, princess diaries and princess stories two episodes super fun all right, they yeah, give some good I, I stuff. I had fun last week. I didn't have fun this week, but I had fun well, last I, week. Jamie, 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 I always have fun talking to you on the podcast. So that <laughs> was fun. What well, The movie, not fun. Uh, but talking to you, as always, good times. Oh, you're a cutie. Well, But you still join... can't call me Ali, all right? Okay. <laughs> We're not that well, intimate. Join us next week for another rip-snorting good time as we review Brokeback Mountain. So from me, Jamie, and my co-host, Al, that's one more ep in the bank. Woo. Is that all you got? All you got? Oh, week? oh, oh, woo. guys, 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 guys. Pay attention to your kids. All right. Pay attention <laughs> to your kids. Don't let them do drugs. Bye. I'd be really do, surprised do, if anyone do, listens do. to this podcast has kids. <laughs> Blank spank. <laughs>